That's yeah, that was weird. It's like, <laughs> let's, let's have the router, like, Ma Kent's router is up in the barn, mm-hmm. up on a tall, tall thing, yeah. and then she has a bunch of steel pipes above it. Yeah, you know, just like, a, bunch of, a couple of steel pipes, really heavy steel like pipes. Like you do. You like, you, like, why would uh, they keep in a barn? Ma, Ma Kent is Ma Kent is lucky she died in a bed or whatever. Like, like she could have died via pipes falling on her. What? They're trying to restart a router. All right, and we are live with the Keeg Live. Uh, the the show brought to you by the Keeg, where we talk about a different topic every other Geek Week. This week, we are talking about Superman, all things Superman, everything, his whole history, and I can't <laughs> do it alone. So uh, that's why I've brought two super fans with me here today. Uh, first of all, uh, you've seen him before. He's been on the show multiple <laughs> times. Uh, he is that guy talking when I said, oh, opening up audio channels, don't talk. Uh, it's Professor Steve Biggs. Steve, how you doing? I'm good. I'm here in my fortress of solitude and uh, uh, trying to escape I, I from, see the, that. from the COVID. Yeah. So. Um, uh, is, is, are, you, are you in deep solitude these days? <laughs> like, are you at peace? Uh, I'm, I'm actually okay. I actually am getting my first shot on Monday. So. All right. Very All happy right. about that. Yeah. Steve, Steve hasn't touched a drop of alcohol his whole life. His first shot's Monday. <laughs> That's exactly correct. <laughs> uh, thank you for, for coming on. Steve, I, I knew I had to have you, uh, because, uh, you are, uh, a super duper super fan. So. I don't um, know what you mean by that. I, uh. <laughs> uh there we go. There we go. There we go. I I don't know what you mean by that. My jammies here, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like you bring out all the Superman stuff even when there's not a Superman-themed episode. Like you're, Whatever you're, do you mean by this? It's a, okay. <laughs> all right. We're switching away from you. We're switching away from you. Uh, we uh, First time on the Key Live, uh, but I've had him on Instagram Live. Uh, he is... Uh, on TikTok, very uh, well-known TikToker, geek TikToker, Moose O. Uh, you, I don't know. I don't know why his name, his username is Muso. It's Justin Muso. <laughs> Hi, happy to be here. Thank you for having me on there, Dimitri. Yeah, uh, I, I had to. I had to bring you on. You have such a wealth of knowledge, um, and uh, I know you. I know you got an opinion about everything, and that's like why we're all here, right? We got opinions yeah. about everything, you know, uh, and we back it up. I think so. Uh, do our best. You know, yeah, uh, we we do our best. Uh, we're gonna be talking Superman this whole time, and I really I really want to know about uh, both of your personal experiences with Superman. Like, uh, I I hate to start off with the oldest person here, but I think <laughs> we gotta go we gotta go back in time. Um, Steve, what? What's your earliest memory of Superman? Like, what got you into Superman? So, as near as I can figure, it was probably reruns, because I'm not that old. It's probably reruns of the George Reeves TV show. And, I mean, I was like a little, little, little kid. And I don't know, 
who was watching it because obviously at that age I had no control over over the team. Right. Um, but it may also be that some relative bought me. Um, it was like an eighty-page giant. It's like the first comic that I remember getting, and it was all Superman. So somewhere in there, somewhere either George Reeves or that comic was the first uh, first time my first experience with uh, Superman. Wow. It just went from there. Do you there. remember what the story was in the eighty-page giant? Oh no! It might have no, because I again I I was literally just looking at the pictures. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, we are live yet again with the Keeg Live. Uh, just a quick rundown because we had technical problems. Uh, we're talking about Superman today. I'm here with Professor Steve Biggs, Justin Musso, uh, aka Moose O. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Plow in the comments says Resurrection. Uh, we, oh, we will get to that because that is a Superman related thing, uh, that we are definitely going to touch on. We're here to touch on, uh, Superman as a concept, Superman's history, uh, all the media surrounding Superman. Uh, I'm talking about, uh, uh, first experiences with Superman. Steve was talking about it, uh, before we got logged off. Steve, do you want to sum it up in 30 seconds and we move on to uh, Justin? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so, uh, without having a clear recollection, my first experience with Superman was probably either the George Reeves TV show in reruns, because I'm not that old, or like an 80 page, 80 page giant where, and again, I was like three or four years old. So I really was just looking at the pictures and going, wow, what's this all about? Probably had my grandparents or an aunt and uncle read it to me or something. Um, and then it just kind of went from there. Uh, then there was the Aurora model kit which I thought was pretty awesome in busting through the brick wall. So, yeah. You, you get to build it yourself? Is that Oh, yeah. Of, of Superman busting through a wall? Yeah. It was terrible right. the first time I did it, but I built that model a couple of times since then. <laughs> there, I feel like model kits aren't around anymore. Like, I know there are hobby shops, but, like, does anyone do them anymore? I would I would imagine that like especially during quarantine I, I would imagine they probably saw an uptick just like jigsaw puzzles mm. and things oh, like that I don't like know. Uh, yeah what do we got there <laughs> what, what is that let me see what is it oh he doesn't have his he doesn't have his earpiece in <laughs> I gotta plug back in here <laughs> yeah I've got my uh, I've got my shelf of intent over here uh, okay. a whole bunch of whole bunch of models including a Superman yeah. model yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think it's a separate issue, like how merchandise really forms how we like it shapes how we think about these heroes, uh, mm-hmm. which kind of sucks about DC nowadays because DC merchandise is nowhere near as close to Marvel merchandise nowadays. Kids are eating oh. the Marvel merch, up, you know, well, uh, but that's yeah, a separate topic. It is. And <laughs> we'll we'll probably get there, but. We'll eventually get there. Yeah. One of the problems with some of the later Superman properties is trying to tie it in with merch. But anyway, yeah. we'll get there. Oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. Justin, I want to know I want to know your first experiences with Superman. Uh my first experiences, I mean, I, I think uh as, as someone who was a child of the nineties and everything, I my I, my first experiences were I think the cartoons for sure, both the Superman animated series and the Justice League uh, cartoons. 
were were my first like kind of like exposure to that and i mean i think i think those are those are honestly good good places because they're very honest to the the material they're very honest to the characters uh and then kind of beyond, beyond that i didn't really start reading comics until i was about 10 or 12 um I, 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 I had had a few before then, but, you know, sort, sort of like Steve was saying, like, I, I looked at them for the pictures. I wasn't really, I wasn't really deeply invested in the stories they were trying to tell. I just, you know, I, I wanted to see that, you know, the panel of Spider-Man punching, like swinging across and punching Doc Ock in the face. It's like, it's, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here for the story at that yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. But what we know, when, when I, when I started reading uh, comics, by the time I was really starting to kind of come up, it was, Superman had died and come and come back. And so, you know, it, it, it was at the peak of the ironic years of being, be, of, of being disinterested was the new cool and liking anything and being oh, yeah. sincere and earnest wasn't cool at all. So, you know, I, I think I kind of bought in with the, the sort of newer zeitgeist of, Oh, Superman is, is old hat. He's, He's, you know, from before. He's 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 a cheesy character. He's corny. He's not, he's not like Batman. You know, he's not he's not like some of these newer characters who were hardened and cynical and anti-heroes, things like that. Um, and so, like, I, I remember, like, you know, I I read. I think one of the first actual Superman comics I read was Superman Red Sun, which mm. is really interesting if you don't have context of the character. Like, and, and like, I think even with watching the cartoons, you don't have the same kind of context that you would get from reading the comics, but in reading it and, and, and kind of even through that, I was like, a, a, a thing that I love about Superman Red Sun as a story is how they boiled down that the, the essence of the character is no matter where you drop him, no matter when you drop him, Superman wants to help people and mm -hmm. in, in whatever way that ends up manifesting, no matter the political guidance that might be pushing him, no matter the culture he is in his, it is, is ingrained in his DNA to be there to help. Um, right. And over the last couple of years, I've really come around on Superman as a character. And like, despite the fact that the movies haven't really done a great job of portraying him which we will get to um yeah. but uh i i i maintain that he's a really great character and like i i i i rankle at anyone who is like i don't like superman because he's boring and it's like uh but like there's so much more it's not it's also whether it's you think he's boring because he can't be hurt whether you think it's boring because he stands for truth justice in the american way whether you think he's boring because he's just punches a lot of things really hard. There's so much more to Superman. It's like, there's a depth of things, stories to read that can hopefully change your mind on that, on that opinion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, this is a good time to, to ask, why do you guys think that Superman is so hard for modern writers and like filmmakers to get right? Like, why is he so hard? Cause uh, Justin brought up a good point. Is that like, like, like millennials, people growing up in the nineties, we were, we, there's leather pouches, anti-heroes, guns, like all that stuff, uh, uh, inherent in these things. And like Superman kind of phases out at that point. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, he's not as popular. 
why would he be during the 90s? Um, well, you say not as popular during the 90s, but that is when, I mean, you had Lois and Clark on TV, you had the animated mm -hmm, right. series, and, you know, the death and resurrection arc sold through the roof. Yeah, so, right. I mean, yeah, yeah. When 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 Superman died, he made national headlines. Like he, yeah. right. there was there was actual obituaries printed for him in real life papers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 Zany, you know, by this time I'm in my mid thirties, and so you know, I'd seen the market for comics, you know, rise and fall. Uh, I'd seen Howard the Duck as a comic go from you know, hundreds of dollars for that first issue. And then that movie came out and then you couldn't give away Howard the Duck comics. <laughs> and so, and so I remember when, you know, there were news stories about, uh, you know, some woman's buying 10 copies of, you know, Superman 75. She goes, and she was talking about, Oh, I'm buying these. This is going to be my son's college education. And when they're bringing them back, I'm buying 10 more. And that's going to be his grad school. And I was talking with my local comic shop telling them that story and they, we were all just kind of shaking our heads going yeah well i hope she can find a college education for a hundred bucks if she's got 10 of those because it's probably gonna level out about 10 bucks you know per issue if you're mint in in bag and that's pretty much what happened you can you can pick up an action or a superman 75 for about 10 bucks mint yeah but like <laughs> i mean Superman has always had like a tough road. I just feel like he used to be more popular and people used to grasp the character a little bit better. The fact that they made Superman 78 and like they managed to make it and it was true to Superman uh, speaks something maybe about the time, maybe about Richard Donner. Maybe it speaks more about that. I, I don't know. But why is it so hard nowadays for us to do Superman right? I, because in my opinion, uh, people are too cynical. Uh, I, I hear, I hear two things leveled at Superman. He, he's boring and he's too powerful. And again, as somebody who's been a fan for about 60 years now, <laughs> um, I don't find the character boring at all. As a matter of fact, I think if you look closely at what's going on there, you first of all have the antithesis of the old cynical saying that Power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Superman mm -hmm. is incorruptible. He could take over the world. That would be the easy, in my opinion, boring thing for that character to do. He doesn't. Why? That's the interesting part. Why doesn't he just take over the world? He could literally solve every problem. Because he is, I will grant you, he is too powerful. Which is why I don't, I mean, there are, Superman fans that are that you know whine and moan about the fact that they they kind of nerf Superman for the Justice League cartoon, and I'm like, that's the only way to make Superman and Batman right. and all those other characters exist in the Justice League, mm -hmm. because if Superman is as powerful as you know the the Silver Age, why does there even need to be a Justice League? You know, right. why does it need to be any other comic book character if Superman is that power, is that Silver Age powerful? Right. If Superman, as, as Denny O'Neill said, it's hard to write conflict for a guy who can solve almost every problem just by listening hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Justin, 
Oh, oh, sorry. Was there more? No, so, so I would say that that's probably the, the those are probably the two things. There's cynicism. People don't understand why. <laughs> Some, or I should say, certain people, certain Hollywood people, don't mm-hmm, understand right. why doing the right thing for the right thing's sake is kind of a good character trait to have. Right. <laughs> right. Justin, your your uh, your thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a lot of the same thing. Is a, 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 a common thread that I find is that people people yeah people don't like how like wholesome Superman is, and it's 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 the one two punch of him being a tough character. I, I said for years. Uh, that the, the the same reason it was hard to make a good Superman movie was the same reason it was hard to make a good Thor movie. Because you, you take these characters who are insanely powerful, who are <laughs> ab- ab- above, you know, they're superhuman. They are, they are literally a step above almost any of their counterparts in the thing. And, you know, you, you can only tell so many, like, sort of fish-out-of-water stories with these characters without it really kind of getting to the heart of like what, of what, who they are. And it's, it's, I think that is a a big reason why a lot of the recent Superman adaptations, at least in terms of live action films have kind of missed the mark and have fallen a bit flat with telling these Superman stories is because if, if you understand who the character is, you can tell any story you want. Mm-hmm. Because it's because you you know how he will react, you know what he will right. put up with, and that's again like it's it it it, it is tough uh, uh, on 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 the surface level. It is hard to try and think up a good foil to Superman because right. physically speaking, yeah, he is almost untouchable unless you have kryptonite or magic. You <laughs> yeah. basically can't get near him he, he he will hear you coming he's going to move faster than you can move and he's going to hit you harder than you've ever been hit in your entire life um, <laughs> and and it, it's it's hard it, it is hard objectively like okay so what does he do and like that's it's part of the reason why like you know in order to make a good superman movie you also have to have a good like lex luthor or a good yeah. a, a good handle on like a brainiac a, a, a villain the best superman villains are the ones that he cannot just punch Right. Are the ones that he can't just go after, in part because, again, morally, he's not a guy who's just going to swoop in, obliterate somebody, and then leave. <laughs> yeah, right. Like he, he, right. he. It, it, beyond just a public image, it's he wasn't raised. He was raised better than that. He he needs <laughs> yeah. to understand. He needs to. Mom, pa can't taught him better. He 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 needs to. He he would want to talk and like understand. And that's typically like a lot of what we see, especially in. You know, in, in 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 like the the animated series, like like Superman, a lot of these Superman's Justice League, like you see a Superman who wants to kind of know why and empathize with who he's fighting, and mm-hmm. only goes to fight as a last resort because he knows yeah. how powerful he is. He knows that even if he fights this person, especially he needs to know more or less off the bat to get a handle on w- would they be able to survive me hitting them, <laughs> right? <laughs> because he also doesn't want to just kill anybody, and it's right. It's 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 a character who is very earnest and is who is who wants to protect as many people as he can, and like that is, I think, where 
the crux of the character. That's where the interesting tension comes in is he cannot be everywhere at once. And the guilt that he yeah. puts on himself for that is what makes him and part, uh, part of what makes him a compelling character is because he knows that he can't help everyone, but he's going to try until he physically cannot anymore. And like, yeah. that's, that's. Yeah, that's, right. that's exactly it. And I mean, what, what the, almost every origin story has missed, even, even the um, Richard Donner one, they touch on it, right? When Pa Kent dies of his heart attack and he's like, mm. all these powers, I couldn't save him. It's like, that's kind of a key pivotal moment is with all those powers, you're still not going to be able to save everyone. And, and with all these origin stories, I don't know why. I mean, I, as I've mentioned before, I don't know if it was on McKeague or somewhere uh -huh. on balance, I actually did enjoy man of steel, but who boy, there are some, clunker moments in that including oh, yeah. pa Kent's death yeah yeah um yeah and, it, uh, and it's just it, it, it's kind of like if uncle ben was like look peter sometimes great power comes with you know sometimes you just like chill dude yeah it's like <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's like literally can he yeah can, yeah can you imagine yeah yeah if, if if with his dying words uncle ben told peter like hey look uh look out for yourself first you no know, first and foremost you gotta look yeah. out for number one and like right. if you can help people i guess do it but like yeah. don't don't worry yourself about it right yeah, don't put you, yourself you don't out know, there. you don't know anyone yeah. jack shit come on yeah. man <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. i mean that's that you know and the thing is i mean we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit but uh yeah, but we'll, the thing we'll, is you know yeah keep going with you know Zack Snyder, I think, is a talented filmmaker. Um, if you look at the body of his work, he, he knows what he's doing. But I think he's too cynical for DC. I think, you know, he's made comments, uh, uh, things like, like, come on, you know, Batman's just a guy. You think, he really, you think he's not killing people? And it's like, no, he doesn't. And it's up to you to figure it out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> figure out how you're going to present that on screen right. not to go well that doesn't fit my sense of morality so screw it he's going to kill people yeah no <laughs> here's a couple couple thoughts i have a couple thoughts i have of like kind of why uh superman is tough well i mean i, I think that you're, they're just not tackling it the right way and right. uh for for uh for example uh captain america was the cheesiest guy the cornballiest superhero before marvel uh, the MCU took him and made him into like somebody that like everybody loves, right? Like, and but he's still a Boy Scout. Like yeah. when in Age of Ultron, where he's like language, and then like Tony's like what? Uh, <laughs> it's very similar to like Superman would be like, yep, come yeah, on. Yeah. And then Fla Flash would be like, oh sorry, sorry I cursed, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but like. Pretty much his personality, Captain America's personality, MCU, is, I mean, that's Superman, right? They're very similar. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not, America, it wouldn't be far off. Yeah, Captain yeah. America is the most Superman of the Marvel characters. That's why, yeah. that's why he's my favorite Marvel character. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, and, and, I, and yeah, when Captain America came out, it was after... 
I think I think uh, first first yeah. first Avenger uh, I want to say would have been I think 2011 2008 oh yeah it would have because it was Iron Man was 2007 right yeah I was right 2011. okay 2011 yeah because it was because when it was went, Iron Man Iron Man was 2008 but uh, mm. the cat movie didn't come out because it went Iron Man and then Incredible Hulk and Thor Hulk, yeah before and uh, then Cap came out. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, actually, Iron Man, Hulk, Iron Man Two, Thor, That's right. Captain America. Yeah, yeah, Cap. Yeah, okay. Cap came relatively late. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it was and only one. Movie. I'm so used to four Marvel movies a year, so I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> it would have been. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, um, but that, that, when that movie came out, I'm like, see, it's not that freaking hard. <laughs> it's just not that hard. You play right. into the Boy Scoutness, and you let everyone else have their reaction to it. You know, like Richard Donner did back in '78. Right, <laughs> right. It's just not that um, hard. <laughs> also, another movie that gets Superman right, weirdly enough, I think, is Disney's Hercules. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I would say, I would say, it, it, in, I would say, yeah, in, in in a lot of ways, I I can see those parallels of 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 somebody of a kid who is struggling with finding out his parents aren't his parents that he's from somewhere else that he has great powers and right? struggling to come to terms with it and and what it means to yeah. be a hero. Yeah, actually, yeah. now that you point that out, I can't unsee it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah, saying like, if you make yeah. a, if you make a TikTok on that. Uh, you gotta. I mean, just oh, just uh, the tag I'll credit you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, I think I think, and maybe it's Disney. I, I don't know. I just feel like Marvel. Uh, when we had we had Nuv the poet on on the show, and we we're talking about DC versus Marvel movies, and he said like with Marvel movies, you know each and every character, and you could put them and pair them together with another character, and it, it almost writes itself. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like modern DC movies is the plot is the plot and they change the characters according to where they want the plot to go, which means they make Superman ridiculous because he he has no basis like right. for who he is. Well, and it, and again, I, I you know, I'm not privy to the behind the scenes stuff, but I just remember when they were first greenlit um, Man of Steel and whoever the whoever the Warner Brothers exec was in charge at that time had some comment about, oh, we're going to be bringing out the more murderous qualities of Superman. And every Superman fan reading that just went, what? What, what murderous qualities? He doesn't have any. <laughs> he doesn't you, have you any. Know, you know his murderous qualities. You don't know. No, that, that, like, that barely contained like, rage. It's like, that, it's like, no, that's not him. Yeah, and you so, just know and, he's just boiling under the surface, just waiting to snap his neck. And so from that, I just went, well, that's the problem. And then again, I've mentioned it ad nauseum. Marvel was a studio run by comic geeks. Marvel Studios grew out of Marvel Comics. And so mm-hmm. though Kevin Feige and... Feige. And all those guys were comic geeks that decided to produce movies. Warner Brothers owns DC Comics. And the only thing that they know about DC Comics is the Batman movies have been successful. So what else you got? Well, you know, we got Superman. Oh, Superman. So he's like Batman, but he has laser eyes. 
Well, no, he's kind of a happy, fun character. No, 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 no. We got to make him dark and gritty, like Batman, because Batman mm-hmm. movies sell. It's like, mm. well, that's well, not that's, Superman. Yeah, but that's what sells. That's that's and, that's like I I I a sort of a somewhat controversial nerd take I I have I have taken over the last couple of years is that while I can appreciate the Nolan Batman movies as movies and they're very good quality movies and I enjoy mm-hmm. watching them they are both not very good Batman movies <laughs> um except for maybe Batman Begins uh and the they pave the way to this notion that people only want to see characters if they're dark and if if they're if they're conflicted and if they're morally ambiguous and you know yeah like people want to see bat what you're saying is people want to see batman and like yeah we do want to see batman who is conflicted and morally ambiguous and 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 kind of you know to trying to decide how to go about protecting Gotham the way that he sees fits. That's fine for Batman. But, yeah, but that's not yeah, we Superman. Don't, <laughs> we don't need to see that with Superman. Superman isn't is only conflicted by how many people can I save and what's the what's the minimum damage I can do. It's like that's why like the whole reason why Superman's like signature move is to swoop in and throw throw somebody into the sky before fighting yeah. them is so that he doesn't have to worry about hurting anyone else while he does it. Right. It's, it's like that's that's like it's part of the reason why the ending of Man of Steel bugs me so much is because it's just him carelessly just, just leveling a city in this fight. And he wouldn't do that. He would right. he would he would fly. He would have grabbed he, he would have grabbed Zod and flown him into space. He would have gotten him as far away from anyone else to, to avoid collateral damage before letting loose. And yeah. instead, he's just like throwing just he just he just he just he, he dodges out of the way of an oil tanker so that it looks cool when it explodes behind him instead <laughs> of catching the oil tanker and chucking it away or setting it down safely. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, and that's and and so two things about that. One of the things that again, it's just sloppy storytelling is they they never I mean, you would talk about something you want to pound into the audience's head is this is Superman's first day on the job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole Metropolis thing, that's his first day on the job. He doesn't yeah. know what he's doing. Um, like, and, you know, again, Demetri and I, I think, have, uh, had Yeah, we, we've talked about yeah. this, but, like, I think at the very least, I think there's a nice uh, middle ground between, like, he should do this crazy trained thing where he throws people up in the air and then takes it away, versus him knocking over the buildings, we could have at least seen a scene of him trying, trying to move yes. the battle away mm-hmm. and Zod yeah. being the military expert that he is. He's like, no, you come to me. You know? Yeah. You want to stop and, me and, and destroying the city? And, you come exactly. to me. Exactly. And, like, that's fine if, if 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 it had been Zod manipulating the fight to yeah. no, putting, putting, putting Superman in a compromising position so that knowing that even if Superman wins this fight, he's going to lose out on public perception, lose the trust of the people he's trying to protect. And like, if that had at all been like the intent, it's brilliant, but it isn't. And I, it very clearly wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is that would have been like a one line fix. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is have Zod say that. (laughs) And then that fixes the whole thing. Um, Right. The other one, the other thing is that the IHOP fight, Feora, has all these lines 
that basically say nothing. And how much would how much effort would it take to get back in the writer's room and to say, okay, no, she needs to say this. She needs to start laughing at him and say, <laughs> you've never had to fight anyone before, have you? You don't know what mm -hmm. you're doing. Right. It's right. You know, again, there's just like one line fixes that would have solved all the criticism about that, about that movie. But yeah, yeah. I agree. We shouldn't have seen him try to stop the collateral damage at some, at some point. Right. My, my thoughts on, on modern Superman stuff is that like, yeah, at least the Superman animated series, we got to see fights and we didn't get to see fights really in Richard Donner stuff. Like <laughs> I get like the, the Superman two barely counts as any fights. <laughs> uh, and in yeah. Man, Man of Steel, Man of Steel, we get to see the fights and like, as a fan, like I want to see Superman fight. That being said, that's not the only thing I want from Superman. <laughs> right. So mm -hmm. I'm tying this in with Aries in the comments on, on volume. He says, Goku is a pretty good Superman. I disagree. And I'm going to tie it in with Mr. Plow, his comments on a previous thing. Basically, Mr. Plow says that he wants a Superman that enjoys helping people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. A Superman that, that likes to help people. Goku enjoys fighting. He will pick mm -hmm. up a fight. And Goku from Dragon Ball Z will will pick a fight and he enjoys the fight. Goku doesn't enjoy the save. Superman enjoys the save. And yeah. that's something like, okay, we can have the beat down stuff, but let's see Superman save a cat from a tree. Let's see yeah. him, him deal with someone who's going to jump off a building. Let's see him mm -hmm. save that person. And let's see the fact that, like, that's his passion. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what, That's what he and and again, this goes back to the thing. I think one of the best things that came out of the the John Byrne era was mm -hmm. to to flip the whole Superman story kind of on its head, because the the Golden Age slash Silver Age Bronze Age convention was that Clark Kent was the was the disguise for Superman, mm -hmm. and Byrne came along and said, no, no. Clark Kent is the guy that grew up in Smallville. He's the guy that had the childhood and the team. That I think is what people don't get right well, more than anything is Clark Kent is the real guy. Yeah, and and that's that's like I, I was I was just having literally that exact same conversation with a friend the other day about how the thing that makes the reason why people what makes Batman and Superman great characters individually and foils off each other is because. Bruce Wayne is the alter ego of Batman. <laughs> yeah. Like Batman was born when Thomas and Martha Wayne were shot in the alley and continued to grow until he could get back to Gotham and put on the disguise of Bruce Wayne to move mm -hmm. about and circulate. And it's, yeah, it's the inverse with Superman. It's yeah, he's Clark Kent. He grew up and then, yeah, he uses it as he's, there's actually, it's really interesting because, um, I'm really enjoying DC right now is is in the middle or is wrapping up, I guess technically not in the middle of uh, finishing up uh, a sort of micro event that I've really yeah. been enjoying called Future State. Yeah. Um, and in the one of the Superman comics for that, there is a, a discussion much like this one that I really <laughs> enjoy because it, it does offer both sides because it's it starts with essentially like Superman has gone, has left the earth, has put himself into exile and nobody knows why he left. And so they've deified him. A lot of a lot of people have ended up like canonizing him and have gathered in Smallville, which they've now renamed Krypton. 
uh, <laughs> and are like epistolizing him. They're reading off his like high school journals, like their gospel and trying to sell jewelry that they say is made from the same rocket that landed him on earth. And there's a whole shrine up for him and everyone is gathered who has ever been saved by Superman to share their stories and their experiences firsthand with him. And they're all sharing their theories as to what happened to Superman. Like, Oh, you know, he, he, you know, it was very clear that like, he, you know, Earth was just a small part. He had to save the rest of the universe. Like, he, he can't just be <laughs> confined here. Like, he's, you know, he's an ideal. He, he, when he stores up that much energy, it disperses, but it doesn't go away. Like, if any time you hear about, like, uh, 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 something, like, a, a horrible plan being foiled by sheer chance, that's Superman. And, <laughs> and things, and, 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 like, these whole ideas, like, oh, he left because we made him violent. Like, like, he hated the violence that we thrust him into and so he had had enough of it, so he left. Everyone's banding about these theories as to what happened to Superman. And the, the character we're following, she finally says, he's like, no, it's like all of you were wrong about this. It's like he wouldn't abandon, he's not a god. He wouldn't abandon us. Like he's he's from Smallville. He grew up in Smallville. And he's Superman, not because, you know, he can fly and not because he has super strength, because he's the best of us, because he embodies what these he is the best of all possible people and because he strives to be and because he tries to do that um and he's explaining this about how like truth justice the american way is it's like he he taught us that those could mean something and like to strive <laughs> that those are ideals those are those are things those are things with lofty goals that we should be attaining and she's explaining this and someone else there is like um actually the powers were what made him superman uh, he was the best because of his powers. Like he didn't win because he told the truth all the time. Um, <laughs> and it's just like an interesting, like, 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 like seeing that dichotomy of like that, that debate happened within the comic. Yeah, of like, yeah, yeah, this is like, like, like this, these are basically the two camps of Superman fans. There's the ones who think he's the best character because he's the biggest and the strongest and the fastest and can't be hurt. And there's, there's the ones who love him because of what he stands for. And because so ba basically you have the people who love him because he's Superman and the people who love him because he's Clark Kent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And like, that's kind of what it boils down to. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, we're going to, let's, move on not i mean we, we still these are all <laughs> themes that that will follow us throughout this whole episode um yeah but i kind of want to just go through you know each each kind of interpretation of superman and kind of talk about it for a little bit um we will definitely stop at uh the death and return of superman uh which uh i don't have an image for but there's some interesting things to talk about there but uh, if we talk about like pre-crisis Superman and just having like all the powers in the world, oh, um, uh, <laughs> I, it was like the weirdest thing, especially like the cartoons from the time, uh, like the Super Friends cartoon and everything. Like everybody was OP. Like they used Flash's uh, 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 time travel powers. Superman had time travel powers. Like everybody had time travel powers. Mm -hmm. I, I don't. Yeah. Uh, Steve, you you lived it, right? Yeah, what was I did. It like, what was it like being a super fan back when Superman had literally everything? Well, as a kid, of course, you ate that stuff up, right? Right. It's like, oh my god, Superman's actually moving the moon! Woohoo! That's amazing. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> you know, Superman's yeah, towing the earth back through time. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, that's just like that's like an amazing concept. But it, it, and and if you're writing just for kids, which you know, let's face it, comics for most of the history of comics were yeah written for little kids. And what's interesting about the time when I was growing up is that comics kind of grew up with me. Like the older I got, you, you then started getting writers and artists who grew up as comic book fans in the golden age. And now they're writing the silver age stuff. And they're like, yeah, but I really want to be a writer, writer, not somebody who writes for little kids. So can't we make this stuff a little bit more mature? Can't we deal with like real world problems like, you know, drug abuse and racism and all that kind of stuff. And so, like I say, as I got older, the comics maturity kind of also did too. I say that, but, but let's face it for most mainstream comics, that maturity kind of levels out at about 14 or 15. (laughs) Um, and it's really not until you get to stuff like the black label stuff or vertigo or or you know the the stuff that's you know labeled for more mature audiences that you get the stuff that's a little bit more adult adult. Mm. So I think that's the other thing to keep in mind is, you know, I was talking about this with a friend of mine. We we were talking about this having to do with Star Trek. Like Star Trek is written by this written by the smartest 14-year-olds in the room for the smartest 14-year-olds in the room. So if you stand back and look at things like, you know, how do people, you know, what's Star Trek's view of leadership, and especially in, you know, a military environment, it doesn't reflect what really happens in the military at all. It it happens like a smart 14-year-old would think the way people get promoted is you deal with your friends, you do it for the good of things, you do it for all this stuff that has nothing to do with the way people get promoted in the actual military. And the same thing kind of happens with comic book characters. A lot of stuff happens, you know, for, you know, sort of adolescent views on problem solving. Batman's a rage monster. Batman, Mm -hmm. you know, Batman wants to get, revenge for his parents death and everything and how you do that you beat up criminals and uh, and then on the other hand you have superman it's like how do you resolve problems well if you've got all the power in the world you just want to help you know you just want to you know yeah you don't want to take over the world who needs those headaches but you know know, you uh you want to help people and and you want to be liked right i'm 14 years old i want i want to be liked you know even if i'm the smartest person in in the room right i'm a dork and i'm a nerd i'm smart but i i want people to like me (laughs) (laughs) and which Um, again if you go back and look at the history superman was written by two teenage guys in cleveland mm -hmm. and they both wore glasses and they were both big nerds and so you know the whole fantasy element of Superman is this nerd takes off his glasses, rips open his shirt, and if only people knew this this nerd was actually Superman who could save the world. That's the 14-year-old fantasy going on there. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And if you don't buy into that, you're not going to get Superman right. <laughs> I, 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 I think it's interesting that modern DC movies, DC movies specifically, and I think there's a reason behind it. Warner Brothers fantasy, movies. Yeah. <laughs> Warner Brothers movies. What, what, what comic properties <laughs> am I talking about, though? DC. DC. They're still DC, you know. Uh, these, these, especially Snyder. I think Zack Snyder specifically, uh, he's taken fantasy and made it into male power fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, like it, it's weird. When Iron Man came out and then Robert Downey Jr. played Sherlock Holmes, there was an, an article that I read talking about the rise of the intellectual hero. Right. Mm -hmm. With somebody who uses his brains, which isn't necessarily a male power fantasy, not stereotypically. It can be if you use your brains to like just beat up bad guys, I guess. But but Snyder (laughs) takes it to a whole another level where everyone is just like, if you're mad, you punch. (laughs) Like like that's Snyder's like philosophy. Like, you know, if you if you're mad, you punch. If you protect Mm -hmm. someone, you punch, Uh, you know, like you're just always punching. You know, yeah. and that's a male power fantasy. Superman should not be a male power fantasy. He should be the opposite. It's like, it's about restraint. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's about intellectualism, restraint, compassion. compassion. Those are not male power fantasies. Right. And mm-hmm. Zack Snyder turned it into a, just like, what would you do if you had Kryptonian powers? I would punch people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 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 And the whole thing is, you know, as, and again, as somebody who's never really studied martial arts, but who has, who has certainly read about it and have listened to people that do, uh-huh. um, martial artists tell you that they learn all that discipline and stuff with martial arts, not to show off, not to say, not to, you know, go walking around going, I dare it to hit me because my hands are lethal weapons, right? It's, you learn <laughs> that stuff. And then, yeah. And then you restrain that power and you don't use it right. until, except as a last resort. And the same thing right. with Superman. Superman, technically, the reason he likes to talk things out is because, again, he knows he could just, he could just punch his way out of almost any human problem. Um, and that's why I think it's interesting to, to give him problems that he can't solve by punching. You know, right. what do you, what are you going to do if your next door neighbors to a, a wife abuser or a child abuser? I mean, back in the uh, 30s, he would just leap in, grab the guy, <laughs> jump out the window and go, want me to drop you? Want me to drop you? <laughs> right? yeah. But again, we've matured. So it's like, that's not going to solve the problem. He's right. still, you've, you've scared a wife abuser. But now he's probably going to take that experience and go, you got me in trouble. So yeah. now I'm going to hit you some Which more. happens. <laughs> uh, Justin, yeah. you got any thoughts about, about uh, uh, everything? Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 yeah I, I, again, like, I, I think the issue is, is what sort of what Superman means to whoever is telling the story. And that's, that's who Superman becomes. And when you let Superman just be a male power fantasy then he becomes that boring character that no one likes they don't yeah it's it's becomes you know when 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 he gets when he's in that mode and he gets conflicted about oh i don't want to i don't want to hit you with 100% cuz i don't want to you know tear you in half it's like well that's not a conflict that's 
you're still saying you're gonna punch <laughs> me really hard. That's yeah. that's you're 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 making a, a thing up. It's it's like like I said, I, I I having having just today seen the the pilot episode for Superman and Lois. Right. I I, I in that you know hour and twenty minutes, I saw a Superman on screen that I have not seen in the movies in years. Yeah. And right. Like. I get like like literally from the first line that he speaks to another character when he saves the kid from the car that goes careening over the highway and the kid says nice costume and Superman goes thanks my mom made it for me and just <laughs> flies off. It's like yeah that's Superman. It's like yeah. he's he's happy he's real he's real jazzed because he just saved a kid from a car and the people <laughs> in the car are safe too and he yeah, can right. fly off. It's like, yeah, it's like that's that's his win. His win is that nobody died. And like that's <laughs> yeah. what makes that's what makes Superman great. And and again, like, oh, the conflict we're getting, at least the, for the most of the episode, is how do I tell my kids who may or may not have inherited my powers, A, that I am Superman, and B, that they too could also be Superman. And right. how do I how do I cope with this? How do, how do I, I want to protect them from everything that would mean because I know how dangerous my life is and I don't want to invite that on my kids. Um, it's right. like, that's a good conflict for Superman to have is, is, yeah. is, is, yeah, is, is having to balance. Like, like is pointed out, like she, like she said, it's like, you felt like, like, like there's, there's a point where Lois's dad shows up because somebody has left a cryptic message in Kryptonian calling out Superman by his Kryptonian name and Superman's like, well, I got to take care of this. And she's like, your sons are currently like in crisis right now. They need to come first. And Superman's like, yeah, you're right. Like, that's like, I need to be here. And, and like his dad makes a point of like, you fell in love with Clark Kent, but you married Superman. Um, and it's, it's that, it's that conflict of how am I supposed to do the most with what I have, which is what my parents taught me in this timeline the way that it kind of should be um which is help everyone that you possibly can with your powers and trying to balance that with having to still be there as a dad and be there yeah. as a husband and it's like that's a good it's like of all the superheroes to give a domestic issue with <laughs> superman is the one yeah. because he is he's able to do that because again like you you never will see a a you know, a, a Batman trying to conflict with trying to set up a, a PTA meeting for like Damien's teacher, <laughs> but right. worried about what Scarecrow <laughs> might be doing that night. Like you're not going to see that because that's not right. what he's about. Um, and like, that's, that's, that's where it, it kind of gets like interesting is, is that's where the heart of the character lies in the heart of the character. It's, it's seeing a character who like, almost pathologically needs to help everyone. Yeah. And, and 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 will do so to the fullest extent of his ability is what makes Superman watchable. And it's it's something that has been missing from the Zack Snyder ones because he he puts in Superman as this other and him feeling like an outsider for a large part of Man of Steel. And when he gets to Metropolis and when he starts settling in and he decides, fine, this is the thing I fight for. And then he wrecks most of it by the end of it in the fight with Zod. <laughs> and it's, it's, 
is yeah, it's like it's like is is it fascinating to watch kind of like year one Superman? Absolutely, it is. Somebody mm-hmm. who's trying to figure out the the juxtaposition of rural life versus the big city, of having to balance a secret identity with a job, and and you know working in in this like there's a lot of interesting places to go with it, and I just don't think Zack Snyder. I mean, I almost want to say I don't know if he cares enough about the character to go to those places. He he is, and I think a large thing that kind of points in that direction is the fact that he made Man of Steel, and Man of Steel is a Superman movie. But every the two other times we have seen Superman show up in the DC movie universe as of late has been in Batman versus Superman and in Justice League, where in both ones, Superman is almost one of the villains <laughs> in both of those movies. And it, it really kind of feels like there are other characters you could have done. You could have like brought hell, you could have brought in like Bizarro right. or, or or like like there's other there are interesting versions of Superman who is who are evil. But yeah. trying to corrupt Clark, Clark Kent is just a misstep. It's like he should yeah. be he is he is, and again, it's not that he's infallible. That's a thing that makes, he is he is just as human as anyone else. He has his foibles. <clears throat> and it is it is that thing of like, yeah, when you have all the power and when you can, are, are nigh and vulnerable, what you do with it is what matters. Right. And if all you are going to do with this character who is so much more than his ability to, you know, leap tall buildings in a single bound and catch a <laughs> bullet with his eye... Uh, it, it's, 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 it, it, it can get boring if you aren't handling it properly. And that's, and that's, a uh, that's, again, that's another part of the reason why the recent Superman movie news has me excited for Superman in a way that I have not been for the last couple of years, movie wise. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll, we'll hit that. Uh, we'll hit that in a little bit. Um, something that, that, uh, I was thinking about is, uh, um, Oh, just how Godzilla versus King Kong is Batman versus Superman, and Mecha yeah. Godzilla is Mecha Godzilla is essentially Bizarro, yeah, uh, in a way, yeah. right? So yeah. anyway, my I favorite, think I just my like favorite that movie. Oh yeah, I can't wait for it. But uh, my my favorite my favorite joke. Speaking of that, ties both of them together. One of my favorite jokes yeah. when the first trailer came out was somebody on Twitter made the joke about uh, that Batman and the the thing that will stop. Uh, Godzilla and King Kong from fighting is when they both find out that both their mothers are named Mothra. Mothra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was like, it was like, it was like yeah. soy. It's like, and, and again, like of, of all of all the things to decide, okay, this is where they're going to hit common ground in the middle of this fight in. It's not going to be Superman going, wait, why are you attacking me? Like, can we just like talk, please? Like just literally like putting a hold on, on Batman and like not swinging and just being like, literally, I don't know. I've never had an encounter with you. I don't have a problem with you. Why are we fighting? It's, 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 it's okay. Well, I guess we're fighting. And in the middle of it, it happens to come up that that we mentioned Martha and that's the thing. And and that's just, that's actually the the one thing that I don't mind. I actually didn't mind the Martha thing because I had been thinking about that for a while it's just weird that they're both Martha. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, it's a common name, apparently. And, and, like, it was funny. It's funny because Harvey Dent uh, was supposed to be Harvey Kent uh, yeah. in the mm-hmm. comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Clark Kent was already there. So then, like, Harvey Dent instead of Harvey Kent. 
And so mm-hmm. I was thinking about that, how they had similar names and changed that. But then Martha Kent and Martha Wayne, yep. they're both yeah. names of Martha. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is the first time I've ever heard it come up as they have the same. <laughs> but, uh, it, which would have been fine, but that that seri- that dialogue is just yeah. so clunky. So no stilted, way, yes. no way on his deathbed is Superman going to be saying, "Save Martha." He's going to be, "Save my mother." That would be that would be what an actual person would say, you know. Or and, he could have said, he could have said, "Save my, save my mom," and he's like, "What?" And it's like, "Save Martha," like that clarifies. Yes, yes, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that that alone. Yeah, again, again, one line fixes. <laughs> one line fixes. It's just. But no, we got to fit in Doomsday. We got no time yeah, for lines, <laughs> for all those extra lines. <laughs> we got no time for people to actually have a human moment in this thing. Yeah, well, yeah. God forbid. <laughs> we need Jesse Eisenberg to chew scenery. We need Jesse Eisenberg to talk and talk and talk and say nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Bing bong, the bells are coming. Dark side <laughs> is here. Like... That's that's all he did. Uh, yeah. Let's let's rewind the clock a little bit. Let's talk about Christopher Reeve's Superman. Um, my earliest memory of Christopher Reeve's Superman is not the movies. It's my parents coming to me and telling me, "Oh yeah, Superman fell off a horse and he's paralyzed now." And I was like, mm. I, I, "How do I? What? <laughs> what does that mean? Superman Superman fell off a horse and now he's paralyzed. I don't know what that means. I think that was also <laughs> my mom saying, like, stop roughhousing in the house.'" Because mm-hmm. things happen and you can get paralyzed. Superman fell off a horse and now he's paralyzed and he can't move. And I'm like, Superman? Su- yeah. Christopher Reeve was not the Superman in my head. It was like the animated series-ish. Uh, yeah. Reeve fell off the horse in 95 and animated series came out in 96. But the point being is that like, yeah. that's the Superman. And I was like, the character Superman <laughs> fell off a horse? Mm-hmm. I'm very confused as a kid. Um, but... Before he fell off the horse, he was uh, what was considered the most iconic Superman. Um, they did four movies, you know. Um, I, no, I think they never only had a personal. At- <laughs> uh, I never had a personal <laughs> attachment to the movies. I only watched them after I watched the animated series. I had, you know, and it's nothing compared to the animated series. And I'm sorry, it's a historical milestone, but to me, the animated series. Both the Superman animated series and Justice League, Justice League Unlimited is that's the universe of Superman that I grew up with. That's pinnacle Superman. He throws a punch. He doesn't want to. He saves people. He holds back. He like doesn't want to like do any of this stuff, but he has to. I don't know. That's pinnacle Superman to me. But let's talk Richard Donner's Superman. Uh, Hmm. If you have any strong uh, opinions about it. Well, I do, of course. <laughs> I, uh, okay. All right, well, Steve, I'll let you go first. All right. So they started this project, uh, that first super, they started that in 73. Okay. The Salkines flew a, flew a plane over the, over the Cannes Film Festival, coming soon, Superman the movie, you know, mm-hmm. flew back and forth. And it was like, oh, what, really? And so, of course, I'm in junior high, high school when all that, all of that is happening. And I was a huge Superman fan. And uh, so I was eating up every little bit of news about it that I could. And I mean, you know, I was reading up on all the casting news and all the, you know, that they had 
they had screen tested Clint Eastwood in the costume. They turned him down. They had screen tested uh, Robert Redford. They were talking mm. to Paul Newman. They were talking to Burt Reynolds. They brought Bruce Jenner in after he won the decathlon in the Olympics and put him in the suit and did a screen test. Uh, Neil Diamond actually sent in uh, probably one of the first video auditions of himself <laughs> in the Superman yeah. costume. So, you know, we're, and we're, so of course all the fans are like, oh yeah, so who, which big movie star would, would we get to play Superman? And at the time I was thinking, well, of all the ones out there, Paul Newman looks the closest, you know, even though they'd have to dye his hair and blah, blah, blah. But he's got the square jaw and all this. Um, and then for a brief moment, because I was a huge Roger Moore fan, and, you know, I was like, oh, you know, if he could learn to do an American accent, Roger Moore would be good because <laughs> he's got the square jaw and everything. So that's that's kind of the behind the, you know, the, the lead up into, you know, then they cast this unknown actor and they had a picture of him in the, in the paper. And I was like, Oh yeah, that guy kind of looks, that guy kind of look, look at that square jaw. That guy looks like he could be a Superman. And then again, it, of course they actually cast Marlon Brando and Gene Hackman first uh, just to get, just to get the money rolling in from investors. And at that point, and, and of course, they they promoted that Mario Puzo, the author of The Godfather, was writing the screenplay and all this kind of stuff. And so I was like, okay, well, somebody's taking this seriously. Because you don't get Mario Puzo and you don't get Marlon Brando and you don't get Gene Hackman to be in a silly, you know, campy Batman 66 Superman movie. Right. Um, and so, so, yeah. So obviously five years kind of from the word go to when it finally opened, and I was getting up, you know, getting all the, you know, the, the um, Starlog magazines, or you know, again, just eating up all the clips. And of course, the first thing I was like, is like, oh, what they do to Krypton? Because, you know, that crystal Krypton did not exist in the comics. Right. Right. The, right. the comics Krypton was basically like this kind of futuristic, uh, you know, minarets, towers, skyways. Mm -hmm you know, flying right. ships and all this kind of stuff. Kind of like a future Earth almost. And right. uh, so I was like, oh, what, what's up with this Krypton? That doesn't look like the comics Krypton. I might hate this movie already without it having even opened. Hmm. I wonder if people still do that. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so uh, I should have sent you this picture so you could post it up on the thing. Yeah. So in December... A friend of mine, I was working at Disneyland, and a friend of mine told me that one of the local movie theaters was going to be having a Clark Kent lookalike contest and at the premiere day of Superman the movie. And so everyone's going, Steve, you got to go. You got a blue suit, right? You got to go. I go, yeah, I got a blue <laughs> suit. I got a trench coat. I got a hat. You know, because again, I, we'd already seen the photos of Christopher Reeve as Clark Kent. Mm -hmm. So I knew what the look they were going for. So I showed up to this thing. It was at uh, the AMC theaters in La Habra, which aren't there anymore. Okay. And it was me and one other guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was tall and skinny, but back then I actually did have, uh, you know, kind of a cut square drum. People kept telling me, you look like that guy that's going to be playing Superman is who you look like. It's like, okay, cool. And, um, and the other guy was about probably six inches shorter than I was. And, had discovered carbohydrates. 
Um, so the guy running it says, well, so far you're a shoe in (laughs) (laughs) and, and, uh, so sure enough, I, I won, but the other guy thought he had it made because he actually had a Superman costume underneath his Clark Kent clothes. And they took some publicity photos of him in the Superman suit, you know, like stopping a car kind of thing and all this kind of stuff. But I actually got all the stuff and the, (laughs) the big prize was. I got a row in the theater for me and as many of my friends could fit in that row for free. Wow. And, oh. and so I went home and I called up anyone who was free that night to go, Hey, I, I, I free tickets to Superman. And so again, so far as live action, George Reeves was kind of it lying flat on his, you know, on the, the <laughs> thing that they had with a rear projection behind him, mm-hmm. or actually I think he was matted in, but anyway, um, and busting through walls, and that was kind of it. And um, and so that movie starts right, and it's got the kid reading the action, the the fake action comics number one, and the curtains part. And when that first title thing would, I was just like, okay, so far so good. <laughs> the John Williams music playing under it, and I was like, ah. Oh. And and yeah, the Krypton stuff is still kind of making me go but as soon as it got to Smallville and then obviously in Metropolis and then when Chris Reeve made his first appearance as Clark Kent, everyone around me just elbowing, Jesus Christ, (laughs) you're here, but you're also there. (laughs) And, uh, and yeah. And so that was just, and, and that, that Christopher Reeve still really, well, I take it back. Kirk Allen actually did it in the original serials back in 1948. But so far as, but I hadn't seen those yet because Warner Brothers slash DC was keeping those under wraps. Um, <laughs> but Christopher Reeve was really, he was the first person I ever saw that actually played two different characters and actually made, made everyone believe, yeah, there's no way you're going to think that guy is Superman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... <laughs> And then, and then again, there's that one great scene where he comes in and then he takes off, you know, Lois's apartment where he, you know, we've just seen him fly off. And of course he comes back in like, like 30 seconds later, not even that 15 seconds later. And he, there he is as Clark Kent. And you're like, yeah, that, these, these are two different people. <laughs> they look similar, but they're two different yeah. people. And then of course they got that one scene where he takes off his glasses, stands up straight and he lowers his voice and, Lois, there's something I need to tell you. Um, well, uh, actually, uh, I just thought yeah. that. You know, and and it's like, and, and yeah, is it is his Clark Kent a little buffoonish? Is he, you know, uh, uh, yeah. And and but then in reading stories later, Christopher Reeves said, yeah, he he said my interpretation of the character is that that Superman is a put on character, and Clark Kent is a put on character. But there is the real guy. There is the real right. guy underneath both of those. And that's who I also like to let peek out every now and then. And he said, the first time you kind of see that is when he saves Lois from the mugger. And she walks away and he goes, mm. and he gets up and you know, he gets up and goes, that to me is the real guy. The, the real right. guy. And again, the guy that grew up in Kansas, had the childhood in Kansas, mm-hmm. you know, raised by Ma and Pa Kent. That, that's the real guy. And then both Superman and Clark Kent are impersonations or his masks, right. if you will. Uh, and Justin, oh, sorry. 
Can no, I, 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 I was just, uh, Steve. Yeah, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm just gonna put a bow on the whole thing. And so, and so, yeah. And I think, I think, even today, Christopher Reeve still casts a long shadow on any live action interpretation of of Superman. It's you got to at least be up to that before people start to say, okay, you're the new Superman. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, and I got to say as much shit as I talk about Snyder and everything, um, it sounds like I'm going to compliment Snyder, uh, Snyder. No, what I'm trying to say, uh, Superman and Lois uh, uses a very similar cinematography as in like Man of Steel. It kind of looks mm-hmm. very similar, uh, but it has so much more heart. And yeah. like, I'm so excited and I hope the quality of the show continues because uh, that is back to the to the Superman that I know and love. But the question mm-hmm. for Justin is, well, who? What's the iconic Superman thing like from your from your past that you said? Uh, for well, for, for again, for for me, my first real exposure to it was like the Justice League cartoons, right, and the animated series. Uh, that iconic Superman for you? I mean, I think I think so. Uh, I, again, there's. It, it, it it's a thing where like the the two animated moments that I think equally speak to who Superman is as a character are the there's a moment I, I forget if it if it was in the sort of adaptation of the Death of Superman arc I think it is in the Justice League or Justice mm-hmm. League limited cartoon. Um, yeah. And that multi-part, but there, there's a, there's a point where he's fighting apocalypse and or doomsday. He's fighting doomsday. Doomsday. Yeah. He's fighting. He's fighting doomsday. Yeah. Yeah. And he has that. He has that kind of you know somewhat somewhat iconic line about how you know he he feels he's living in a world of paper people that he has to like kind of be careful that he doesn't just tear it all down and with doomsday he doesn't have to hold back. Uh, it's like okay. Dark he might side. have said that in the Doomsday episode, but that was in the Dark Side episode, the end yeah. of Justice League Unlimited. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, Where yeah, find, yeah, that, he's yeah, like, and a, his, yeah. he floats. Yeah, he floats, mm-hmm. and then he does the punch. Yeah, yeah, that that uh, I, I was like, okay, like this is this is a cool thing. But the thing that made it cool was that the, he didn't do that every episode with <laughs> everyone he fought. It's literally because Dark Side is this is a being who could can stand to take a beating from Superman at full strength. And he deserves it. And he deserves it. And he deserves it. And it's it's a matter of like it, it's not like Superman is itching for a fight. He needs to use all of his strength to put Darkseid down. And yeah. like that. And so it's like, oh yeah, like this is like why we should all be like this is all why people should be a little more intimidated by Superman when he isn't just being all shucks. But speaking <laughs> of the the all shucks thing, that does to me like again speak to. This is Clark Kent. This is the man who takes off his glasses to become Superman. Uh, is of course the, the iconic uh, Christmas episode of of the Justice League or just the limited cartoon, where he yeah. he brings Batman and Martian Manhunter to Kent Farms to spend Christmas with the Kents. And just Martian Manhunter, but yeah, just Martian Manhunter, yeah. Um, yeah. And and he's and, he, and the Kents are explaining how they had to. 
you know, it was it was it was such a it was such a hassle with with Clark as a kid, given that his X-ray vision that they had to line like the 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 <laughs> the presents with the wrapper with like a like like a lead line so that he couldn't look into the boxes and see what they got him for Christmas. And like, yeah. and Clark takes a beat and goes, "You mean the present Santa brought me, right?" And, and they're just like, "Yeah, sure, dear, sure." And it's yeah. like it's it's just that notion of just like. Like there's, it, it, it's both the thing where it's like, well, but like, would Clark actually believe in Superman? But it's or Santa was like, why wouldn't he? He's Superman. Like, why wouldn't? And it's like, it's like also like, even in the comics, like the number of times that Superman has met Santa Claus, like he knows Santa's real. Um, it's so, it's, so it's, bad though. I I'm not a fan of Santa being in continuity in Loco in in like in Marvel. Oh yeah. He's like a mutant. He's a mutant in the Marvel universe. Yeah, like, he, I don't he's want essentially that. an Omega level mutant. He's, he's yeah. yeah, he's crazy. But again, another another fun Superman Santa moment that I also love is from uh, a, a DC Christmas special comic uh, from years from a couple years back. Uh, from a, a story called Yes, Tyrone, There is a Santa Claus, where uh, a kid writes a letter to the Daily Planet expressing a disbelief in, in, in Santa Claus, uh, his disenfranchisement at uh-huh. the holiday spirit and the notion of Santa. And so, because he, because he, he's, he's, a, he's a poor kid, his, his family can't usually afford presents the way that some of the other kids that he goes to school with can, and he's ready to hang up the belief of Santa early. And Superman hates to see that, so he dresses up like Santa Claus, gets a sleigh to, to pull along, to show up to this kid's apartment and just give him give him a Christmas. Just give him a, a, just an ounce of, of, of a Christmas magic to, to, to help keep the hope alive. And while he's on his way there, Batman intercepts him and is like, what are you doing? And he's like, he's like, what? He's like, I'm going to help this kid believe in Christmas. And he's like, you're Superman. It's like you can hear all the crimes that are going on tonight. Like it's a it's a dangerous night. It isn't crime doesn't take a holiday. Like, like I know it's a kid, but like bigger picture here, man. Like prioritize. And Superman's kind of dejected. He's like, yeah, you're right. And so he takes off the super the, the Santa stuff and goes about a normal patrol. And part of his patrol takes him past the apartment he was going to. And when he passes it, he sees that uh, Batman is in there dressed as Santa Claus. Uh, giving the kid presents and getting the glory that Superman was gonna get, and Superman just swoops in and punches Batman right in the face. <laughs> where where was this? What? Well, where but, was this story? It, it's it's in it's in a DC uh, like a Christmas one of the Christmas specials. I want to say from like 2003 or something around there. Oh, okay. Um, but it's also very funny because at at the tail end, it's this big splash page of Superman punching Batman dressed as Santa Claus in the face, and he says like "Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays" from the from DC Comics. <laughs> and in the and like in like the little corner, there's a little like editor's note being like, "This is an Elseworld story. Not this. This isn't in canon of either of these characters." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are two specific episodes of Superman the Animated Series that stand out to me specifically, mm-hmm. um, mostly because Dark Side. The only time you see death in in Superman the Animated Series is when it ha- pertains to Dark Side. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, yes and no. But the the two episodes are the late Mister Kent. Do you mm-hmm. guys remember this one? Uh, uh, there. There is a black man on death row for killing somebody, and there is a white cop uh, in it. And if anyone is watching this and doesn't want spoilers on it, because I did tell a friend I would watch this episode with him. Um, basically, uh, uh, 
he's the 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 black man on death row is innocent. Uh, Superman, but then like Superman or Clark Kent ends up dying. Like he fakes his own death, or like his he dies and then has to fake being dead, and then circumnavigates it and does investigative reporting to figure out that this white cop is the actual murderer, and it is such a good episode. And in the end, the white cop is now in the gas chamber, and he goes, "What is he? He's like, he's like, how did this happen? The only way this could have happened is if." Clark Kent is Superman. And then the gas comes into the chamber. <laughs> and like, this is a kid show. It, yeah. I'm getting chills just thinking about this. Uh, uh, it was amazing. That episode was is, is one of the best. And then second one, because people talk a lot about Batman, the anime series. And sure, a lot of great episodes there. But Superman had some really good ones too. Mm-hmm. There's an episode where where Turpin dies. Like Darkseid in oh, yeah. Metropolis. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, cop Dan Turpin, who weirdly enough, when I was a kid, I thought he was the same cop as the other guy who died in the gas chamber, but it's not. But like, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't, I was very confused. And then Darkseid, <laughs> as Darkseid, like Superman proves to Darkseid or whatever, like that he can, like he protects Metropolis or whatever. Darkseid is about to leave. And then like Darkseid just kind of looks over his shoulder, shoots an Omega beam at Dan Turpin. Dan Turpin dies. And the last final scene of the episode is is Clark Kent at Dan Turpin's uh, grave and i was and as a kid i was like but he's not really dead right like he'll come <laughs> back mm-hmm. he's just he'll, that's a tele that's a teleportation thing right like i don't know i couldn't wrap my head around that either yeah uh, yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, and and speaking of again again animated uh you know a, a big reason why the 90s dc animated series were so good was because they were just taking the time and not rushing, not trying to like, you know, I don't know, combine the stories of bat of, you know, the <laughs> dark Knight returns with the death of Superman and trying to fit that into one movie. Uh, um, right. But, but yeah. they, 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 they allow the time to adapt these stories. And like I said, one of my favorite episodes of uh, the justice league, Justice league limited is also one of my favorite Superman stories. Uh, and that is for the man who has everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is a great, and again, a great breakdown of Superman as a character, and also one of the most heartbreaking Superman <laughs> moments in his history. Yeah. Just the the fact that, you know, he he gets overtaken by uh, Starro. I, 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 the, uh, the whole Black, Black Mercy. Black, Black Mercy. Mercy. Yeah, yeah, Black Mercy. Yeah. 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 Um, the whole yeah the whole the whole. Justice League does, but it, it, but it, we are mostly focusing on Superman's version because it's you know it, it shows you basically what you want most in this world and gives you this whole chance to live out a life that you most want as it slowly kills you. <laughs> and Superman is a, is the first one to be able to break out of it because he comes to realize in it that it is too perfect. And that he's like, yeah, no, but Krypton explodes. Like, Krypton's gone. There are no other, as far as I know at this moment, other Kryptonians who exist. Like, I know this isn't my life. And, like, that's the thing that gives him enough willpower to break out of the spell and save the rest of them is having to walk away from a life where he has a family on Krypton and is just a normal person. Uh, And it's like, yeah, man, that is just... 
Oh, it's a it's a punch. It's a gut punch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, um, that was one of my one of my favorite comic stories. Um, yeah, it's just what's what's the other comic story? That one was really pivotal. And then what was the, what's the one where like uh, Miss Mister Mixus uh, becomes like a bad bad guy, and they use gold kryptonite and whatever. What's what's that one? There's two. There's Alan Moore. Whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow? Man of That's Tomorrow. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, whatever happened to Man of Tomorrow um, was a big one. Um, and was that right pre-crisis? Like, was that pre-crisis and that, then Crisis mm-hmm. of Infinite Earth hits? Yeah, it was real. Yeah, it was yeah. it was the Swan Song, literally, because it was yeah. Kurt Swan's yeah. last regular oh. uh, <laughs> Superman uh, thing. Interesting, but it it was it it yeah. put the it put the bow on the end of the pre-crisis right. continuity. Right, and and then they had Crisis, and then John Byrne took over. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, uh, the nineties brought us, uh, the animated series, the nineties brought us, uh, what I consider the best, uh, DC comic of all time, which is Kingdom Come. I, Mm -hmm. I think it's the best comic book of all time is Kingdom Come. I don't want to talk too much about it other than it's a, it's a future where Superman feels obsolete because the world wants, uh, nineties heroes, right? It's this meta, Mm -hmm. it's this meta commentary. The world wants armored armed gun to like wielding pouch bare chested like like anti-heroes they don't want the old justice league they're too tame for them joker kills lois and uh the rest of uh the daily planet people that clark kent loves uh and then he doesn't want to kill joker and then magog comes in kills joker superman retires and yeah. it's this old generation versus new generation mixed with religious symbolism that <laughs> Alex Ross and Mark, is it Mark Wade? Yeah. Uh, yep. Mark Wade. Yep. Mark it Wade. Is. Um, <laughs> and there, there's that religious symbolism there, uh, which ties in with, and it's something that I did want to talk about is religious symbolism with Superman. <laughs> uh, modern day storytellers always equate him to Jesus. It's very problematic because he was invented by by two uh jews in cleveland right Mm -hmm. uh uh, siegel and schuster were uh uh both jewish uh boys right jewish Mm -hmm. men jewish boys whatever boys Uh, first name yeah yeah from boys to men that's where they got the name (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh so uh so I think it's a little bit problematic to always be uh, equating him to Jesus, 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 when he's an illegal immigrant. Je- Jesus was Jewish too. I hate yeah, exactly. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. But I just feel like it's a it's a symbolism for almost like Christian right. I don't know, especially well, because he's an illegal he's an illegal immigrant. Superman mm-hmm. is. He's yeah. Moses, right? Like it started right. off yeah, like a Moses that's, kind of yeah. story. That's that's yeah, that that's really like yeah. That, that's that's like my point is, if if you're going to try to make Superman into a biblical allegory, he's not Jesus. He's Moses. He yeah. was sent away in a, in a bassinet by a, a, a an endangered people to be the savior of people who to, to his adopted people. Um, yeah. Right. It's like it's 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 Moses. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean that that's the thing and, and of course things change people find their own allegories and stuff mm-hmm. so yeah superman is both moses and jesus and jesus yeah depending <laughs> right. on who's telling the story <laughs> yeah right um and, 
I, I feel like it really amped up, though, and it's something that I talked to you guys beforehand, but, like, I, I really think that the religious symbolism of Jesus ramped up with the death and resurrection of Superman. Because anytime you say resurrection, uh, people think about numero uno of resurrection himself, <laughs> Mr. Jesus H. Christ. And so, uh, but Justin, what were yeah. you what were you saying uh, about uh, yeah. the Jesus Christ uh, symbology? Symbolism, yeah, the, 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 the symbolism, I, I, I do think, and I think it, it, it's pretty easy to kind of trace sort of the evolution of, of Superman as a Christ-like figure in, in, in Western media, but essentially, especially in the mass media portrayal of Superman as the Jesus allegory with the death and return of Superman. Like you were saying, it's, it's like, they're, like it's, 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 it's the one-to-one of like, Jesus died and came back. Superman came to die and died and came back. And so like some people have kind of like felt like incorporating some of that, like some of the interesting like deification of Superman and like, you know, considering him to be more than human and those characters who do consider him that way. And while trying to not let that go to Superman's head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then, you know, you, you uh, to circle back around, you get people like Zack Snyder who will just do a scene where, Superman falls to earth in the Christ T pose and uh, also will have a scene where he's feeling conflicted about whether or not he's should be viewed as a Christ figure in a church over with a, with a very prominent stained glass feature of, you know, behind him. And it's like, yeah, okay. It's like, it's like, it's like there's, there's subtlety and there's allegory and there's subtle metaphor. And then there's just saying this character is supposed to be Jesus in this instance. Yeah, and right. I mean, you, you can see that in the uh, in the Brian Singer, well, in both Brian Singer, the mm-hmm. Superman Returns, and the Man of Steel, mm-hmm. when they fall back to Earth, they fall back in the, in oh, the Christ yeah. pose, and it's just right. like, oh my God, hey, we get it. <laughs> I mean, I, I gotta say though, at least Superman earns the uh, the title, or as he's closer to the title versus Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino. Uh, <laughs> All it takes is one sacrifice to be Jesus-like. For yep. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and especially but, if you die with your arms outflung in your right. head. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. It, it's too much. Like complain just like they did with the Snyder Cut. And that's and that's the problem is, is they 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 wind it into existence and yeah. That's that that in turn is is kind of uh, one of the reasons why I don't like the Snyder Cut on precedent. <laughs> is just what it sets for like if if the fans don't like it enough that they can be essentially because the thing to kind of remember with, with the Snyder Cut is there was word that the, the Snyder Cut started as a rumor. It started right. as a rumor perpetrated by those who worked on Justice League, including Zack Snyder, who right. you know who 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 stoked the flames by providing like you know, test footage and like providing like concept art for characters that did not appear in the final version of the movie. And it was a thing that did not exist right. until, until it did until Warner brothers gave him a $70 million budget to take the footage he had shot for justice league and add right. new footage and make a new movie. And it's, right. it's also like a thing. It's like, yeah, you, you can't really call it the Snyder cut. Like I'm glad they're not, they're not advertising it as the Snyder cut, but it's like, you can't call it the Snyder cut because it is a whole cloth new movie that exists. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, 
you know, I kept telling people, I go, you guys, there's no such thing as a Snyder cut. Mm-hmm. As it doesn't exist. There's no Because you didn't have movie. that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, to me, what's interesting, and I, the behind the scenes on, on this is that um, with COVID, HBO Max was starving for new material. Mm-hmm. Right. And the only reason we're getting a quote unquote Zack Snyder cut is because there was enough of a finished movie there that they said, okay, what do you need to actually finish the special effects and make it a complete narrative? And it was like $30 million. Okay. So they already had this thing that existed that, and they were right. just starved for stuff to put on HBO max to drive up subscriber and everything. Right. But if that didn't happen, there would still be no Snyder cut. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, at, uh, for, for the sake of time and connectivity, um, <laughs> I want to, I want to uh, close this up on two things. Uh, bef- uh, all I, I'm, all I'm going to say uh, before, before the two things is uh, infinite frontier. It's the new DC initiative that's coming out. That's kind of, uh, refreshing things after um, death metal. Um, yeah. uh, there's just a cool picture here that uh, if you could see, it's like that. Uh, it's like two Superman covers. It has like uh, Connor Kent and and Jonathan Kent mm-hmm. um, and like his super family. And I'm a big fan of Steel personally. I love yeah. Steel. We got Mongol in the back, Lex and Brainiac. We got Crypto. So it's kind of the whole thing. I think Prankster. Who's the guy with the balloons? <laughs> Prankster? Probably Prankster. Prankster. Yeah. Yeah. Is he wearing a green uh, so, suit? <laughs> uh, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's green and, like, a little orange. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's coming out. So I'm excited about that, and that starts next month. Uh, mm-hmm. But what just uh, came out recently was Superman and Lois. And uh, just just touching it on real quick, uh, on it real quick, because, um, you know, uh, we've already kind of talked about it. It's just that, yeah. like, I love that it's a return to form. Whoever's doing this knows who Superman is, it's like Superman doesn't have any challenges or like it's very hard to have have challenges. But what's the biggest challenge? Like he can't like force his kid to be good. He can't force his kid to be <laughs> yeah. who he wants to be. So like, am I a good dad is a weird question for Superman to ask, but he's asking mm-hmm. in this. Uh, yeah. Did you, do you guys have any thoughts about uh, like quick thoughts about like Superman and Lois? Yeah, <laughs> um, uh, I, I like it. I I like that um, that Tyler Hecklin has finally been given a chance to play Superman, who's not second banana to the Supergirl. Although I really didn't have an issue with that because it was the Supergirl TV show, right? Right. So of course, you're you're going to elevate that character, right? Rumble. A lot of fanboys were upset. They well. He- they totally nerfed him. <laughs> he said yeah. he's stronger than he is. It's like, oh, God dang it. <laughs> Just take a chill pill, guy. All this stuff exists in the else worlds. It takes place on Earth CW. Mm-hmm. Jesus. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so so it, it is kind of nice to see to see Hecklin actually being able to play Superman by himself. And I think his people have talked about it in all the reviews. His chemistry with uh Bitsy Tulak. They seem like a couple. They seem like a married yeah. couple. And 
And I mean, there, there were a few clunker lines. And of course he did say one of my least favorite lines that exists in the CW verse. It's, it's all my fault. Don't stop yeah. it. <laughs> but he only said it once and she mm-hmm. talked him out of it. <laughs> it's not your fault. It's like, mm-hmm. yay. And she only had one. And I was like, oh no, don't make Lois that character. Don't make her the wet blanket character. But she only had one time where, you know, she said, you know, you, you can't run off and do the fun thing. You have to stay mm-hmm. here right. and do the, you know. And so I was like, okay, if they can avoid those two tropes, <laughs> it's all my fault trope and the wet blanket trope. I think it's going to be a great show. I, because I, I do, I like their chemistry together. I like the fact that we get to see that Tyler Hecklin can act like just a regular guy who just happens right. to be able to bend steel in his bare hands, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And then we'll see what's up with this. Uh, spoiler the alert! The stranger. Yeah, that's what yeah. he says. Uh huh. This, but this. it said, "I he, he he was given a name, but that doesn't yeah. make I don't I'm trying to figure out how it makes sense. Uh, I think it has to make like it's the multiverse, Should, right? Yeah, it's, it's, like it's, it's, it's yeah. the fallout. It's the fallout of of Crisis on Infinite Earths. It's, I think it's so. the destruction right. and the collapse. It's 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 him from another Earth. Yeah, it's, it's right. that because, character. Yeah, because a similar character is going to continue to exist on Supergirl." Mm-hmm. Yeah, How can we talk around yeah. this about actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> what, what, what's cool about the show is like it's not a movie, right? Like, like people need to watch it, and like there's it's every week. So I really hope that people are out there like watching this show. Somebody on yeah. TikTok pointed out that like I don't think like anyone's talking about it, and they should be. So you know, um, yeah. I think it's definitely worth it. Uh, Justin, did you have any thoughts about Superman and Lois? Uh, I mean, yeah, like, like you said, I, I I was just really happy. I was really pleased with it. I think it's setting up an interesting dynamic with, you know, Superman having to move back to Smallville and and live with his family there and trying to balance the life of trying to save, do the Superman thing and save this small town that is, right. you know, going under, that is being repossessed by the banks, by but is losing out on things and trying to be the person who can save everything while also being a a loyal father and husband to the family that he has. And then on top of all of that, also being Superman. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah, it, it's setting up a really interesting, like potential for a show. I, I, I was, I was hooked. I thought it was there again, the writing was great. It's my, it's my favorite, you know, live action interpretation of Superman that we've gotten to see in a while. Yeah. Um, and I think I think it's very interesting, sort of by going off of like what we know of the comics, where some of it is going, and also some of the the blind spots, like the the fact that again his his uh, crisis son Jordan is whole cloth. He is he is not native to the comics. He is a new right. character, which yeah. again does not inherently mean he couldn't be another character from the comics, but that he right. himself is not based on anything right 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 i I will say that one thing that they that they do need to fix uh on the show is uh they need to move that router from the barn back into the house yeah that was weird it's like (laughs) let's let's have the router like ma kent's router is up in the barn Mm-hmm. Up on a tall, tall thing, yeah. and then she has a bunch of steel pipes above it. Yeah, you know, just like, a bunch of a couple of steel, but really heavy steel like pipes. Like you do, you like know. you like why uh, would they keep it apart? 
Ma, Ma Kent is Ma Kent is lucky she died in a bed or whatever. Like, like she could have died via pipes falling on her. Trying to restart a router. What? I mean, yeah. maybe my my head canon is that like Clark set that up for her, and like he he was just like he floated up there. He said she's not going to do that for herself. Right, He's like, yeah. I'll figure it out. I put it yeah. up there. And plus, we put it out in the barn, then that way we'll have a signal throughout the whole farm. I guess. Is that, does that, does, is Wi Fi, is Wi Fi three dimensional? (laughs) Yeah. Is it? I don't, yeah. Well, it's, it's it's, it's definitely based on like range. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know it'll go this way, but can it go down? Like, yeah. Would, right? So if you put it up, you can get more of a sphere. Yeah. Yeah, More more of a coverage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, see, these are the real questions that we have to be asking. You know, That's right. Uh, when we're talking about Superman, like we, we, I, I understand he's Kryptonian and whatever, but like that router, that router, <laughs> router. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. You know. That, all right. You've taken me out. You've taken me out of the story. <laughs> My suspension yeah. of disbelief in this right. TV show about a guy who can fly and shoot lasers right. out of his eyes destroyed right. because of where that right. router is. <laughs> um, uh, before before we get going, I just want to end this with uh, talking about uh, the J.J. Abrams, Ta-Nehisi mm. Coates written movie of Superman. And that's all we know for sure, right? Yep. There was no other... But people are going a little crazy thinking it's going to be about a black Superman because Ta-Nehisi Coates is writing it. But that doesn't mean anything. Ta-Nehisi Coates is just a good writer. So He's a good writer. He yeah. could, I mean, he could write anything. And whether or not we get, I guess, people are already being like, Michael B. Jordan is 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 Val Zod and all that stuff. And or Calvin Ellis. We don't, we don't you know, or Calvin Ellis. Uh, I definitely don't want Calvin Ellis, uh, but that's just me. See, and I um, do. I want I know, President I, Superman. I, I'm fine with him in the multiverse that he's in, but not in whatever. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Do you guys have any quick thoughts before we get going about it? Yeah, people need to chill because yeah. literally the only thing we know about this movie is Bad Robots producing it. Hannah Minghella is, is the actual producer and... Ta-Nehisi Coates is writing it and he has, right. and in his statement now, in the press thing, he actually said I'm very much looking forward to working in the established DCEU. DCEU. Yeah. yeah, That's it. Anything now, I, else I, is pure speculation and people have got their the, panties in a bunch about it. The, right. the, the, one, one of the main reasons that people are caught up in it though is the fact that the Hollywood Comporter, Reporter has confirmed that DC, Warner Brothers, and this 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 Superman movie is aiming to star a black Superman. That is the goal. They 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 want it. They want it to start. They're not saying it will. They're saying they would like it to. This new Superman project's aiming to star a black Superman, uh, which again does not mean a black Clark Kent, and shouldn't mean a black Clark Kent. It there 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 are other. Characters, like you said, there's Val Zod of Earth 2. You know, there is uh, Calvin Ellis. Calvin, yeah, Calvin Calvin Ellis. Ellis. Yeah, of Earth 23. It's like there, there is there's precedent for this to, to happen. And uh, again, my my I am just I am bracing myself for the onslaught of 
you know, the 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 quote unquote fake nerd boys who are going to be like, oh, they're they're making Superman black, and it's like, well, Superman's been black a couple of times throughout the years, uh, so they're they're not. They're just probably not featuring on Clark Kent as Superman. Right. Yeah. And this also uh, there's, flies there's in a the Oh, uh, flies in the uh, face, Steve. Yeah, it also flies in the face of the reports that Henry Cavill is signed to appear in future movies. Mm-hmm. So it may not be a solo Superman movie, but he's going to be appearing in other DC related yeah. properties. Yeah, and, so and, the, so the Cavill Superman. Yeah, Cavill Superman. We haven't seen the last of either. Yeah, and and that and that and that I think especially gives credence if they are wanting to do a Black Superman story. And if Henry Cavill is going to still be appearing as Clark Kent Superman, then it absolutely isn't going to be a black Superman. It's going to be Calvin Ellis. Most likely it's going to be Calvin. I don't see, like Val Zod is a really interesting character and does have his his own thing. But I think, I feel like Calvin Ellis would be the go-to if they are looking to do a, a black Superman movie. And that's the one that Michael B. Jordan has actually expressed interest in playing. Mm -hmm. So... Because somebody, because um, when the rumor came out that Warner Brothers was looking to him to play Superman, he's like, "Well, I would love to play the Calvin Ellis version." Mm-hmm. I so. I I have some some thoughts about this. Uh, first thing, I think as as far as characters that cannot be race changed, uh, I think that Clark Kent is somebody that needs to be white because I have a personal cynical belief that any other race of superman the the like will not get the 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 adoration of the world uh like a white superman does with clark kent uh that's my that's my first thing um i don't i mean they're just every country will just shoot you out of the sky if you're not white superman just (laughs) america will uh people will throw (laughs) trash at you in the street as you try to save a cat from a tree and i can suspend disbelief to a kryptonian I cannot suspend belief where a black Superman is not the most hated man in America. Um, uh, that's that's my first thing. Second thing is um, um, I would love a Steel movie. Give me my goddamn Steel yeah, movie. I, w- I, want, I want John Henry Irons showing up. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's my that's another thing. Uh, well, the, another the, thing the, is. Oh yeah. What's up? No, I I, I was going to say in terms of if we're looking at it from a sort of precursor reflective thing um, that a lot of the, both both Marvel and DC have kind of done a lot in past years of their comics impacting the movies and vice versa of, of mm-hmm. them kind of setting up and, and going with that. The, the one, I think the, the one like shred of evidence that Calvin Ellis could be the next main of a Superman movie is that, mm-hmm. In DC's next event, like we were talking about Infinite Frontier, um, Calvin Ellis is featured prominently in some of the art, both in terms of the like Superman splash art, but also in like the general like issue zero of Infinite Frontier. Yeah. Uh, you can see Calvin Ellis in there in one of the char- as one of the characters included. Yeah. So I yeah. think I, okay. I, I I would not be I'm, I I obviously again. I cannot. I'm not working on the movie. I can't say it's going right. to be Calvin Ellis. But <laughs> right. I would not. I would not be surprised if they end up going with a a non Clark Kent led Superman movie if Calvin Ellis is the choice of character to go with. Yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. I. 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 
uh, somebody on TikTok already talked about this. Basically, I don't trust Warner Brothers. I don't trust the DC movies to do this right. And remember when Catwoman and Elektra came out and then all the studios were like, yeah, we're not doing woman movies anymore. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. And I don't trust <laughs> them. I don't even trust J.J. Abrams to do this right. Ta-Nehisi Coates, I do. But J.J. Abrams, I don't. DC, Warner Brothers, well, I don't I don't trust them to do this right. If it me, is a black me, it's for, for me, it's, like, I, I will say it's interesting because looking at the DCEU, starting with Man of Steel and leading up to where we're at now, it has been a lot of missteps. It has been a lot of things that have not landed the way that they wanted them to land if, if they ever got off the ground at all. And it has been interesting to see the, like, where the, the pushing out and where the shifts have come in them trying something different and trying something new to try and make it happen. Like, like for, for me personally, uh, the DC movies that I, I, I have enjoyed the most so far since Man of Steel came out have been the, the first Wonder Woman movie, and that is more or less because it has the exact same merits as the first Captain America movie. Yeah, um, right. But also, uh, I really like the Shazam movie because... It yes. didn't have its jaw clenched the whole time. It, it had it had a color palette. It was it was allowing itself to live in the ridiculousness of being a superhero and the things that could come with that. And yeah. like with 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 James Gunn's upcoming Suicide Squad, I'm real excited for that because again they they did something which they hadn't been doing before, which is giving full creative control and trust to a director with a with a clear vision who is obviously and vocally a big fan of the source material and is well-versed on it and letting that just kind of happen. And I'm hoping that is the shift that we start seeing yeah. from DC and from the Warner Brothers DC movies is the, right. you know, people, people like to talk about, you know, the difference between Marvel and DC movies. And it's like the biggest difference between the two is the inherent trust that goes in from Marvel with trust in the creative team and the vision that they are, they are creating and right. the support that comes in therein. And that also that they really are not afraid to bring in a lot of good genre directors. Yeah. And I think that, that will literally, I, the director for me is going to make or break this next Superman movie. Because mm -hmm. if, if, if they can pick a director who gets the character, who understands that the point of Superman, whether it is Clark Kent or Calvin Ellis or Valzad, is a character who is there to stand up for people and will do everything in their power to help and not lash out every chance they get. <laughs> that will be the thing that that, that, that will... I, I, I look forward, I long for a day where I am looking forward to a Superman movie and I'm I'm hoping this could be it. And But I'm waiting yeah. to see and I'm just fingers yeah. crossed. Yeah. In the meantime, in the meantime, I personally have Superman and Lois. I'm fine with that for now. Yeah, it's, we'll it's, see how pretty, that goes. it's pretty great. Uh, we are out of time for today's episode. Sorry about the technical difficulties. Uh, but also, Superman, we just talk about it forever. You know, yeah. Yeah. He, he is one of those. <laughs> I know. I know. Steve, I'll just give him the mic. He'll he'll do the two-hour <laughs> show himself. Um, uh, before we do get going, I want to thank the audience out there. Uh, if you haven't already clicked follow on our Twitch or on Volume. Uh, uh, if you want to uh, stay tuned with all the, that Keeg has to offer, 
Uh, we're on Twitch. We're on Volume, which is a new uh, streaming platform. Uh, we're on TikTok. We're on Instagram. We're all over the place. Click uh, follow, subscribe, do what you can to support us. Uh, we do shows like this. The Keeg Live is every other Saturday. We've got other shows, the WandaVision after show. We have the Keeg back every Friday. Uh, and we're going to have some more shows coming up soon. Justin, uh, mm. any plugs that you want to do? Any shout outs, social media, anything before we get going? Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, check me out. Follow me on uh, TikTok is, is where I am most active. Um, if, if you enjoyed the kind of conversation that we were having during this live stream, I, I, I do a lot of TikToks in the same vein. I do a lot of uh, character deep dives. I kind of break down comic events uh, and, and mostly push to try and make room in the comics community to sweep toxicity out and just kind of make room for people to just come in and be able to enjoy things and not have to worry about gatekeepers at every, you know, step of the way. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's what, that's what I like uh, uh, about you, about Steve is, is we're anti-toxicity about inclusiveness, so. uh, <laughs> anti-gatekeeping, right? Like that's the least we can do for this community is like allow new people in, don't haze them. I make no. some fun. I poke some jokes, mm -hmm. but no, like don't haze them. We want people to feel included because, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. We the don't need to get merrier. into that, but like more the merrier. Exactly. Yeah. Steve, you got any plugs? You got any plugs? Uh, anything? Shout out? Not, not for me personally, but just the two podcasts I plugged last time, Geek Shock and uh, Matt and Mattingly's Ice Cream Social. Uh, they're both based out of Vegas. Geek Shock, I sometimes appear on. Um, they're both fun. Uh, they're, they're both pretty wacky. Um, so yeah, give them a listen. They're, they're everywhere you find podcasts, uh, geek shock right. and, uh, Matt and Mattingly's ice cream social. All right. Sounds good. Uh, thank you, uh, Justin. Thank you, Steve, for both coming on the show and talking yeah, Superman, me. uh, with me. Yeah, I love it. Um, uh, if you guys are fans of them, just follow follow Steve wherever he is. Follow Justin wherever he is. You know, do all that stuff. Uh, also, if you're watching this live and you want to watch a live Friends episode at 7.30 uh, Pacific time, I will be performing a virtual episode of Friends. Uh, season one, episode 14, the one with the candy hearts. It's our Valentine's Day episode. Um, <laughs> and you look at Alchemy Theater Company on Facebook or YouTube. It's theater, T-H-E-A-T-R-E. -E. Uh, we're doing a Friends episode. I play uh, Miss Chenandler Bong. Uh, if you know <laughs> Friends, you'll know that reference. So uh, thank you so much. Uh, once again, Justin, Steve, for coming on the show, the audience out there for watching, whether you're on Twitch, whether you're on volume. Sorry for the technical difficulties. We'll get that figured out at some point in time. Uh, once again, I'm your host, Demetra Pereira, and this has been The Keeg Live talking to you about Superman. Take care. See you next time. March 12th of 14th, KeyCon. Boom. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Geek